Episode two. We're back. People are listening to the second episode. Maybe. So you need to tee it up in a way that gets them so excited that they will listen to this this episode. Oh, this is Adam Bukowski. Well, who, who doesn't want to listen to the podcast episode on Adam Bukowski? This okay. is the guy who had all the parties at his house. Right? I mean, this is the man Which, who hosted and, the party. We'll find, out, we'll find out in this episode how many of those parties you went to. Yeah. We'll find out that number. Why doesn't everyone take a pencil and write down the number they think it is? <laughs> Go ahead. We'll wait. This episode, Adam had a lot of energy. Like, I just think he always has had a lot of energy. I think he's just a guy with with passion. He's a passion for life. So it's a passion-filled episode, I would say. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, that sounds sounds like you just hit the nail on the head. And let's head to the episode. That is, that is that's pure gold right there. <laughs> I mean, if that doesn't get people to listen through to the episode, I don't know what will. <laughs> let's roll the tape. Adam, how are you? I'm good. I'm blessed. Awesome, man. It's great to have you here. Oh, man. It's good seeing you guys. For anyone that, that doesn't know who you are, why don't you introduce yourself along with kind of who you were in high school? Like, what was your personality? How, how would people know you then? I'm psyched for this answer. I'm really excited to hear this answer. <laughs> let's see. Let's see how good I am. You guys can concur or not. <laughs> My name's Adam Bukowski. If I have to go back in time and say who I was in high school, I was a fun-loving, high-energy, loved-everyone type of kid. Not the greatest student, maybe a class clown, per se, you could say, a little bit. Loquacious would be a good vocabulary word that Mr. Harvey would appreciate me using at this point in wow. my life. Loved people, loved my friends, loved playing sports, Love to hang out and party as, as much as the next guy. Maybe even more than the next I guy. Say, I was going to say, <laughs> sorry, I'm a little, little hot Love mic. It. Yeah. <laughs> what sports did you play? Volleyball and football. All four years? So volleyball all four years. My folks wouldn't let me play football my sophomore and junior year because my grades were not up to par. Ah, uh, got it. And I also was a tiny freshman. You know, I was five, six, 150 pounds. Like I didn't hit my growth spurt until I graduated high school. <laughs> you know, I think even as a senior, I was like a buck 60. So you, you weren't going pro. I mean, looking back though, guys, I mean, if, if I would have hit my growth spurt when I was in high school, I love the game and oh, I still play. I, I still play in the weekends, the flag league. I played for like 15 years. I actually played with some NFL players were in a couple of my leagues and yeah, I feel like my competitive spirit really didn't hit me until after high school. And I, I'm very competitive now. If you, if you ask like my friends and stuff like that, like, dude, nicest guy in the world until you get him in a competitive situation, like he'll bite your head off. Wow. You've mentioned sports and partying as the, the two loves of your high school life. What was kind of the highlight, like a few, a few memories that you, you really remember specifically? It doesn't have to be one of those two. Yeah, just the friendships. I think it was so fun going to school every day and seeing hundreds of your friends like that were in the same grade and, you know, being in sports and just having that competitive, you know, culture and, and the friendships you built there and just doing things together. Like it was, you know, we don't have that as much anymore, right? We're all siloed off in our own families and things like that. It was just waking up and 
seeing all your buddies every day, you know? Who was in your main crew? You were one of the guys who could get along with everybody, but like, who was your, like your crew in high school? So my crew was Mike Kohler, Bill Pinsky, Steve Lewis, Dan Stockel, Nate Size. God, I'm probably missing a few. But I mean, you're right. I we hung out with everyone. That's the risk of name dropping. Yeah, that, that yeah. is. But like, the, I mean, Dom Russo, Fisher, Jarog is still one of my best friends. Like, I, he stood up in my wedding. I stood up in his wedding. I see him all the time. Like, our, we're thick as thieves still. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Like, how many of those? Uh, John? All of them. All of them? I talked to all of them. That's nice. Wow. Regrets. What, what kind of regrets do you have, Adam? Yeah, there's, there's probably plenty. Because again, <laughs> we're young, dumb kids at that point. The senior prank is the one that kind of jumps out. And it started with just a small little funny thing that ex- escalated. Like, and it escalated quickly. And there was nine of us total. And like, looking back, I'm like, holy cow, that got out of hand. So I... I only remember like real bits and pieces, right? Because I was not one of those nine and something about a break-in and feel like there was motor oil. Like, I, I don't really remember what happened. It was so, all like through the grapevine back then, so. Left a window open that was behind a cabinet. You left a window open in a classroom? Yeah. In the middle of the night, we ended up crawling through that window. We were just going to do something funny, like like get a pig, like an oiled pig or something like that. But then like... <laughs> You got nine cooks in the kitchen and everyone's like, no, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. So it's like some people were doing some stuff and didn't really know what the other people were doing. It just got crazy. There was people on the roof spray painting stuff, which I was like, I had no idea. We were inside, pouring the oil down the hallways because we heard that it spreads with heat. So we're like, oh, that could be funny. But looking back, you're like, oh, my God, the poor candidates <laughs> that had to clean that. And yeah, just, right. You know, you don't think of that, guys. And, and to be honest with you, it was the heat of the moment. You know, we're like, you get caught up in that moment. And we all regretted it, like, immediately. All of us were like, oh, damn, we should we should have did something funny like that. And now looking back, you're just like, oh, my God, if I could go back and slap that kid, I would. But but that, that's also what molds you and shapes you, right? We got to make mistakes. We got to mess up. That's what makes us. That's what helps us build our character today, right? So you said it was nine of you. How long, like you, you all go in, you go different directions, I, I assume, or you're in small groups. No one really knows the whole story of what happened. Eventually you all leave. Like how long before something happens where you get caught? Yeah. So it was quick. Like people were like super gluing all the locks. So I heard that they had to like knock out the middle crate. Someone had to crawl through and like, it was a mess. Oh man. (laughs) I I don't mean to laugh, but it's like, holy cow. When you look back, you're like, what a jerk. After 20 years, you're allowed to laugh at it. Any any sooner, it would have been too soon, but right now it's okay. I think so. Right. So what happened was the next day, I remember like we got away, like we got away. We the next day, I'm walking into school. Stacy, who's now my wife, sees me in the parking lot. She knew what was going on. She's, and I'm just like, and I see all the deans lined up outside. You could smell the mortar oil from the parking lot. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, shit. Here we go. I already had an alibi made up. My mom had my back. Like, it was, I mean, we were like, I was set up. And, and again, I wasn't going to say anything. But I was like the one of the last people to get called down. And they knew what car I was in, what I was wearing, what position I was sitting in in the car, what we did. Like, 
to the detail. And I was like, okay, well, hmm, I don't know if there's a way out of this one. Pasquale jumped out of the window and ran home in the middle of being interrogated. Like they left, he opened the window and ran home. He was oh like, my gosh. This. I'm out of here. They, we, don't, we, we really don't know the truth. But then they kind of try to give us some plea bargain stuff, which was all just full of crap. Yeah, and then they had the audacity to call me like a year after when things were fresh. Like, hey, do you want to talk to the seniors about not doing it? I'm like, no, I wasn't ready yet. Now I would. I would do it. But like when it first happened, they said, hey, listen, if you confess, you're going to get to walk for graduation. You're going to get to go to prom. So I'm like, all right, I'm in. We, we, we did all the community service. Actually, when 9-11 happened, I was doing community service, by the way. But we did community service. We paid all the fees, right? And then they said, no prom, no graduation. And at that point, for them to ask me back the next year, I was like, wait a second. You told me you, we were going to get this, and then you took it away, and now you want me to come talk? Like, thanks, but no thanks. So, but it is what it is. We had our own prom. I went, I went actually the year before as a junior, and then I went the year after with my now wife. So I've got, I had to go. I, I went a couple times. So as a, as a parent now, how do you think about like when your kid does something dumb like that in high school, how do you intend to parent when, when your child's in in school? See, my parents kind of gave me a loose leash, obviously. Right. But that's how you learn. I almost feel like with the parents who are super strict, they have kids that rebel. So as a parent now, I want to give them rules to live life. I'm a very spiritual person, so I believe in like just being a good person now. So if I can give them a track to run on and lead by example, but I'd be ridiculous to say they're not going to mess up and make a mistake. And as a father, that's okay. They're going to make mistakes. That's how they're going to grow. But yeah, I'm, I got to let them live their own life and make their mistakes because if I, if I give them everything, they're not going to be their own person. Didn't you used to have parties at your house, like, like with, with like parental approval? Guys, I think my senior year was 10 kegs. There was 400 people. Oh my, in my gosh. House. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I, I, I never went. I was, I'm a loser. Was a loser. <laughs> I, maybe. I, was, I was a loser. Lying. Well, but that's, a, this is kind of, kind of, kind of next, but like the difference between when we grew up 20 years ago and the like no social media, no I mean, you could get like a car phone or you could have a, but like most people didn't have phones at that point. And like both in the, in the prank, like how that would have looked different, right? Number one, probably even more security at Willowbrook than there was then that'd be hyped up. But, but also like you're the way in which you guys could communicate, right? To one another when you're doing that, but also to the parties, right? In terms of, getting the word out or communicating about that. Dave, you were at a couple. Oh, Dave I, was. Yeah, absolutely. I, I made a couple like brief stops. And, and he would tell me what it was like. I'd be like, what was it like? How was it? So Give Paul, your, your excuse is you were just born too early. If it was later and someone could text you and let you know about the party, you would have been there. But I probably still would have is... been there. I'm, I'm, I'm not fun. I'm but no it was fun. word of mouth. Everyone knew. Like, oh, I was just doing a party on Saturday. Adam, you got to understand, I was in the AP <laughs> dork classes. Like, we were in a bubble. But I knew you and liked you. Of door. I know. Sure. It was high school, right? I had tunnel vision, right? Like I, I just was doing the thing that was in front of me at the time, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I wish I had that in high school. I have that now, but not in high school. All right. So let's talk going forward. We all technically graduate. Yeah. So you didn't walk, <laughs> but you, you didn't walk, but you graduate. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, 
They just like mailed you a diploma or yeah, basically left it underneath your car tire or something <laughs> or stick it in your exhaust pipe. I just remember like parents at my other friend's graduation parties. Like, yeah, we, we didn't hear your name. And I'm like, Oh yeah. John didn't tell you. Or... <laughs> Where have you, what rock were you living under? <laughs> like you didn't hear the story. Yeah. I was that terrible kid. Oh, stop it. <laughs> All right. So, so graduation. And then what do you do next? So it's crazy. Like I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. And it's funny. My career found me. So I went to COD right out of high school because I'm like, I need to get my gen ads. I need to figure out what I want to do. I knew I was super creative. So I was thinking like an architect or like marketing or something along those lines. So I took classes in both and I realized that I don't want to do either of those. They didn't suit my personality, but I ended up going with marketing because I wanted to maybe get into commercials and stuff like that and do ads. So I ended up going to a private school downtown Chicago, got my bachelor's degree in advertising design. Okay. Interned at Leo Burnett, worked in advertising for about a year. And I was like, dude, this isn't me. It's not me. And it's funny because Kevin O'Driscoll referred me to a financial advisor. And goes, hey, this guy, Mike Lacey, is going to give you a call. You should meet with him. I blew him off twice. I was poor. I was in college. Like, I didn't, I was valeting cars, like rubbing nickels together, right? But eventually I met with him and man, he just, he helped me build a plan, right? Save money, pay down my student loans. And I just remember asking him, like, man, what a rewarding career, like what you do. And he's like, man, have you ever thought about being in this industry? I'm like, no, but he's like, you like money and you love and adore people. And I'm like, huh, I never really put the two and two together. So he's like, hey, man, just come interview, man. If it's not for you, it's not for you. Well, that was over 10 years ago. Wow. And I don't think I could be in a better business. It is the people business, man. The business I'm in, it's not a fine. I hate the word financial advisor. I think it's miserable. I build relationships with people and surround them with resources to help them achieve success long-term. Who would have seen that coming? You know, you are in a job dealing with people and enjoying it. I love it. And some of my best friends are people I never met before. And if it wasn't for this business, I would have never met them. Yeah. And it sounds like that's a little bit how you got into it as well. I mean, just being able to have that conversation with that individual and, and being, being recognized uh, that that really stuck out to me when you share that like you he recognized gifts that you had and then like invited you and i think you know as you and that's how kind of you're framing what you do you're not just like oh here's some random plans but rather like you get to know people and say like hey let's get something that's good for you which i think once again lines up a lot of what you said is is your passions from high school right people that's in my approach to this day why people with why people work with me because i love and adore now, have you done a prank at your office building? Yeah, a couple. <laughs> so how long have you been married? So Stacy and I have been married. Our 10-year anniversary is coming up soon. We've got two beautiful kids, Zayla's five and Vincent's three. And again, beyond blessed, man. I think that's what I'm starting to learn, like just finding your purpose in life. Did you date all the way? Because you started dating her at the end of high school or after high school? Pretty much like the last month of high school, like in May. So we've been together for 20 years. Okay. Super cool. 
And I mean, geez, that's a conversation right there. If, if MTV would have followed us for those 20 years, we'd be the most famous couple in the world, probably. It's been fun. <laughs> so humble. So humble. <laughs> I just said a lot of drama. A lot of drama, Paul. Right? A lot of drama. Like, like, a, like a roller coaster ride with like all the loops and twirls and like, what a journey. That's what I mean. Gotcha. That's what I mean. Because what? Drama sells on TV, right? There you go. That's there you lot. go. Okay, I see where you're that. going. I see where you're going. So getting married, right? So time with Stacy, you're you know, finding your career about 10 years ago. Were there other kind of pivotal moments? I imagine having kids. Any other life pivotal moments that have sort of happened along the way? I think just getting connected with God, huge part of my life. I think that might end up being my ultimate purpose is helping people find and follow Christ. I, I, I don't know what I would do or who I'd be without him. I found a church that has changed my life, I feel. I, a church I've been looking for my whole life that kind of doesn't have limitations and all the rules that I was brought up with, but is exactly what I'm looking for. And I mean, Matthew McConaughey had one, one of the best speeches I've ever seen is, dude, I'm just trying to chase the best version of myself. I know I'll never catch him. But golly, if I, if, if I keep chasing him, I'm going to end up being a pretty okay guy. Was it finding the church that sort of... No, it's always been in me. But I think as I get older, you start to, you know, God, like you just see a lot of people and just vanity and the, you know, the obsession with material goods and, and things like that. I think we all get caught up in it. We all like nice things. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's like, What's your real person purpose? No one's going to, when you're dead, right? On your gravestone, you got when you're born, when you die. And there's that little dash, right? What are people going to say about that dash? They're not going to remember what car you drove or, or how much money you made. It's how you treated people. Yeah. Right. I think people lose sight of that, man. And it's sad. Is there a belief or a philosophy or a way you viewed things, you know, back when you were 18, 19, that you've changed your mind on? I don't know. That's a great question. Because I think when I was in high school, it was all about just having fun and enjoying life. Like there was no connection with the greater good. And and, and maybe it's just because it, it took me a while to mature, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I was immature as heck in, in high school, right? I In a lot of different ways. Like I was still just growing up trying to figure things out. I still am. But I think experiences, right, help. Yeah, absolutely. And I was going to say, I think, but that's one of the difficult things is like, you know, us now, right? 20 years later, looking back, we realize that. But like when we were there, like 20 years ago, we were basically, I mean, and I think most people can relate to me on this. We were basically adults in our minds. Like we were done. Like we, we were matured. Kings of the castle. Yeah, we were, we were, we got to go on college or wherever, get a job, stuff like that. But like, that's just doing more stuff. We were done maturing. We'd reached the end of it. We've reached high school. And, you know, I think like what you just, what you were referring back to, I mean, literally our brains weren't developed completely yet. And we didn't have the ability to say what you just said in terms of like looking at the long view and looking at, you know, these material things aren't so important. I mean, I don't think material things were important to everyone in high school, but I think all of us could look back and say things that are short-sighted now were important to us. Do you think there's any way around it? Or is that just natural course of growing up? Like you go through that period when you know everything or you think you've got everything figured out and then it just takes a while. That's funny. I was thinking of that. Like I was thinking if I can go back in time, 
like, what can I change? But I, I, I do think that school could be teaching more life lesson types classes and a lot less memorization. Like we didn't, I had one consumer management class that taught me about investing in money. Like, why didn't we learn more of that as kids? Why didn't we learn more on just how to be good to one another, right? And, and love and compliment and, you know, fill someone's bucket. You know, I read that book to my kids all the time. Like, it's so important. How do you think high schools, high schoolers, like imagine yourself back then if they are trying to teach a class about filling someone's bucket, you know, with compliments and love, like how, how would you, how would you have responded? No, but I'm even saying at a young age though, not in high That's school, true. but like at a young age, you start dripping in stuff like that because again, it's repetition, right? It's like anything. I got social studies every single year. Well, you got being good to people every single year. You you got you know, hey, this is how you can manage money and not be on a debt and the 80-20 the rule, right? Live off 80, save 20. Like you get that embedded in your head while you're a kid and an adolescent. By the time you hit high school, it's like, yes, is it going to click for everyone? No, but it might click for some. And the world could slightly be a better place if, if some duplicates, right? And then those people teach their kids the same things that we were taught. Because look at it now. It, Guys, the social media and the, the online bullying and guys, it's gotten 10 times worse. Do you think the world is actually worse now than it was then? Or is it, is it, is it just perspective of like now you're aware of more or you've got a different perspective of looking at problems that have already existed or always existed in some form? Yeah, I, guys, candidly, I, yeah, it's, it's scary. I think that's what I'm starting to understand as we adult, right? Is that like in high school, we didn't know anything about the outside life of high school, right? And as we get older now, it's like, holy cow, we actually live in a really scary place. But there's like trafficking of kids and all the scariness. Like, that's the thing that like is eye-opening as you get older. You start to realize like, wait a second, I don't live in this bubble of high school. I guess that's my question though, is like, you take something as horrendous as child trafficking and thing. Hasn't that been around for ever? We just didn't know about it. And why? All you hear about is COVID right now when there's way bigger problems. But again, who dictates that? How do you know what's the truth nowadays? You don't. Yeah, sorry for getting deep, but no, I, no. I love it. But... That's half the fun of this, right? Like we were talking last time we talked, we were kids and now we're semi adults, I think. You know, we all, we all still have a ways to go, but. Well, I had a question about high school. Adam, any teachers? And I mean, you referenced what Mr. Harvey, but like any any teachers that you remember that like were either great or a pain in your side? We don't have to use the pain in your side one unless it's hilarious. I know what pain in my side, but then she she uh, that's that could be a funny story though. Mr. White was one of my favorites. I still talk to him. He was fun loving. He he didn't he didn't intimidate you as a teacher. He felt like he really cared about you. Like he put a lot of time. He he was hilarious. He was just he was just a great dude. Do you remember what what classes you had with him? Yeah, I had speech with him, like two speech classes. I think that's really all he taught for the most part. Were you in speech senior year? Yeah, it was like a advanced speech or something like that. I forgot what it was called. We did like a bunch of improv stuff. Like we we killed that cl that class was amazing. Like we, yeah, we had a lot of fun. I just remember speech tech was like, yeah, speech, speech tech, tech was yeah. one too. Speech yeah. tech was like, 
We're going to you're going to do speeches but then you're also going to use PowerPoint. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Get ready. <laughs> Cue up some clip art. Let's do this. Right. Yeah. Mr. Wilkins too. I know that was like I think when we first started God that guy was a beauty. Yeah, he's hilarious. He he knew I mean he taught my dad. So he'd been there quite a number quite a number of years. He was a beauty. And then on the on the hard side I was never good in like English class for whatever reason. And I ended up getting Miss Boss as a freshman. And she was rough, like strict. And I would make her laugh where her whole face would turn red. Like, and she would be trying to hold it in like a time bomb. <laughs> and, like, and I remember transferring. I, I went to, I forgot my counselor's name, but he ended up transferring me to like a different class because I was struggling. And she even came up to me like super sweet one day and she's like, Adam, and you know, I would have like took care of you. I would have, you, your effort was there. It's just, you know, she's like, yeah, it was sad to see you kind of leave the class. And I was like, where is this coming from? I thought this girl, like this lady hated me, you know, <laughs> but yeah, that was funny, but she was tough. She was a strict teacher. I do remember hearing, cause she, I think she taught honors English and I didn't have her. I was not an honors English. But I remember everyone talking about how, yeah, strict and tough she was. You got ADD guy over here, like reading comprehension. No, no, thanks. <laughs> and that's another thing I'm starting to learn is I know my strengths and weaknesses now that I'm older. It doesn't mean that you're dumb. It just means that, hey, like you're not good at this, but you're really good over here. You know, not everyone's good at everything. I think, and I just keep coming back to that, but like. You know, I think in school, especially, you know, when we talk about what teachers were important to you, once again, it's like, did someone notice you? Did someone recognize that you have gifts and talents? Like, if you can come out of high school with just, and I don't think everyone had that. Probably some got it more than others. Some didn't get it. Maybe hopefully some got it. Hopefully someone gets it at some point from someone in their life. But I think that that's, that, that hopefully is one valuable piece a high school wants to bestow on. It's like, yeah, maybe you didn't. You know, maybe the grades weren't the thing that affirmed you and recognized you, but like maybe a coach or a teacher said, like, I see something in you. And that is so valuable going forward because, yeah, you're not going to be perfect at everything. And and school and the way school is taught is not going to be for everybody. But I think you need to come out with some sort of belief that you have something to offer, right? Well, Paul, you make a phenomenal point right there. Because listen, when someone pays you a compliment, it makes you want to be better than if someone has a negative, something negative to say about you. It's so true. Like if someone, if, if you were pretty cut and had ripped abs and everyone's like, no, me, you're talking about me right yeah, now. Yeah. yeah I'm talking it. about you, Paul. Like, Paul, you got yeah. great abs, man. Thank you. You're motivated. Like, man, I gotta get these, I gotta keep these up because everybody's like, damn, you know, like. It's just, that, that's a great point. Teachers need to do that more instead of like pointing out all the bad things about their students and the kid is like, no, pull out the one, the couple good things, put a smile on that kid's face. Like that goes a long way. The easy thing to do is point out a negative. The hard thing to do is give somebody a compliment and give them encouragement. And it's hard. And it's like for a teacher on the teacher side, like it's hard to do that when you've got 25 kids in a class and you know, let's just once again go back to the brain of a high schooler. As a teacher, you could give a kid like 15 compliments and that just goes over their head and you tell them one thing to correct them. And they're like, come on, give me a break. You know, it's so it's so difficult. And that's where you got to continue to do it. And 
those moments, like the moment you mentioned earlier, Adam, I think is that's why those are so powerful when they stick. That's a moment where that guy said, like, you got this, you could do this. I could see you doing this. You know, that made an impact. But how many compliments just fly over our heads sometimes, right? Well, what did they say? What, what, what's that? And that saying is like, if you put someone down without a relationship, that's harassment. Oh, so it's the relationship. If I look up to you and I respect you as a teacher, right? And we have a relationship. Maybe you spent a little bit. It doesn't need to be a ton of time, but a little bit of time, right? And you give me compliments or you give me, you know, criticism. That's it. Criticism without a relationship is harassment. Because if you give me criticism and I appreciate and respect you, I'm going to take it way different than if you're always mean to me. So Adam, question for you. What's something on your bucket list that you haven't crossed off yet? Like what is, what is there still left to achieve or to do? What dream big with us here for, for a moment. Like what would you, you know, what would you like to, to do that you haven't been able to do yet? That's a phenomenal question, man. I just got chills just thinking about it. Make a difference, man. A big difference. How does that, like if you had to quantify that somehow or, or make it more concrete, how would you, how would you define it? changes the lives of many. I don't even know, guys, what that is or where where the rest of my life is going to lead me, but that is it. And maybe it's start I mean one of my bucket list items is like, yeah, at some point I would love to cut a $100,000 check to my church. You can also donate to my family. <laughs> now, I mean, it, we're seven lives, but seven I mean, seven's a lot. <clears throat> Right. He's now accepting donations. Yeah. Just get, I don't know, giving back. Patreon.com slash Paul. <laughs> don't actually <laughs> use that address. Don't yeah. use that. Don't go to that. <laughs> don't go to that. I'm far away from that. But I think if, if, if God blesses me enough with a very fruitful life in regards to finances, I want to share my finances with more people. But I also think God gave me a gift to talk to folks. So maybe motivational speaking down the line or. I don't think people understand how powerful your mind is, that your mind is the most powerful machine in the world. And guess who controls it? You. So if you want to be in the gutter, right, your, your mind's going to take you there. But if, it, but, but if you want the world and you think about it, you're going to have it. It's that simple. I mean, that's the one thing that I've learned in life is that your mind is like rich, rich soil. Whatever you plant, it will give you an abundance, negative or positive. So when do you think you learned that? When did you when did you pick up on that one? When I got into this business, someone introduced me to Earl Nightingale, the strangest secret in the world. And that's another thing that I think as a young adult or even younger would have been helpful to know because I live my life that way. So if you had to say sort of what your primary motivation was, maybe in the teens, then 20s, and then now in your 30s, like what would you how would you describe sort of how your motivation has shifted? Or if you had to kind of assign the decade or in the, in the big chapters of your life? God, guys, in high school, I don't know. My motivation was fun, period. And a good volleyball game. What the heck? Yeah. I could just see you on the volleyball court. I don't know why. I just picture you. Oh, I was a McDiver. I, I, I didn't never <laughs> let the ball hit the ground. <laughs> I mean, I, love, I played semi-pro on, on the beach. I, I love volleyball. It's such a fun game. I, but I like anything, guys. I'll, I'll play anything competitive. Hopscotch, marbles, dice. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so fun, fun high school. So going, moving into your twenties, what what are you thinking there? Finding my way, maybe. 
like that was actually, so if you think that was your motivation was like, did you, you feel like you were actually sort of exploring in your twenties and that's, yeah, I had no idea what to do. I was actually scared as hell. Like, what am I going to do with my life? There you go. So you got the, got the direction. Yeah. I kind of love that. So like in high school, would you say, you know, you're motivated by fun, right? Yeah. And then Still am though, guys. Yeah, yeah. No, no. But what I was gonna say is like you kind of realize in your twenties, like fun is not the end all, right? Like fun is not going to like fix it all for me. Like there's only so much that searching out and finding fun is gonna do for me. And took your twenties to kind of figure out like what is that other thing? And then maybe perhaps as you figured it out in your thirties and now you're you're like you're locked in in terms of of pursuing that thing that that ultimately will bring you back to uh, bring you fun, will bring you satisfaction. All right. So 40s, what do you, what do you think it's going to be? These are questions I'm asking you that I don't know the answer to myself. So if you, <laughs> in, in, in fairness, I'm just glad I'm the one asking the questions and I don't have to answer. So selflessness. I mean, that's what I want it to look like. Your kids are going to help you do that. Oh, they already do. I'm already <laughs> the low man on the totem pole, but I, I, I want to get even lower. <laughs> Got any parenting? Pro tips? Leave all your struggles and pains in the driveway. And when you open that door, is the number one most precious job in the world is being dad. You leave all that other crap in the driveway. And you walk in that door, you don't bring any of that to your family, ever. That's your best job, right? I like it. And I mean, I'm just big at teaching your kids at a young age, just even if, if you guys, and I agree with you in high school, a lot of things went over ahead, but even at a, at a young age, you know, like I asked my daughter when I put her to bed, like Zayla, what are the most powerful things in the world? And for her at five to say God in your mind, feel like I'm doing something right. Are there any questions that like you feel we should ask you that we didn't? No, I kind of feel like it was kind of self like absorbing, like, I don't really like to talk about myself. Well, like, that's a, like I mean, when you interview someone, Adam, it's kind of, <laughs> we're not interviewing you to talk about us. So it's going to be, I guess I'm just not used to it. So, but it, it, it's helpful for me because it's like, okay, I'm, I'm saying what I feel inside and I'm just kind of blurting it out. It's kind of nice to get it out there. I get, here's a question. Just go back to high school. And I guess I'm the guy who keeps pulling it back there. I apologize. Maybe we did ask this one. What are you most proud of at your time at Willowbrook? That I'm the same as I am now. I didn't change. I still love people. And, and if anything, my love for people has grown. But I don't think if you look back, you'd be like, I've always treated people well. And maybe that was my upbringing and things like that. But like, that's what I'm proud of as a high schooler is like, I truly did care about a lot of people and a lot of people that probably didn't even know it. But man, I did not give effort, man, like I do now. Like that's the one thing I regret is my effort in high school was garbage. What's your daily routine right now? Like what is a, what does a typical day in your life look like? You're, you're taking the stuff out of the, He's going to have a book on this. You're taking the stuff out of the book. <laughs> Go ahead, Adam. I mean, that could be in the cards. <laughs> he's practicing for his future motivational <laughs> exactly. speaking career. So yeah, I wake yeah. up at six. You know, I'm in the office around six thirty, seven o'clock. I meet with clients until about six, seven o'clock at night. You know, today I'm going to get home early, like Thursdays and Fridays, I try to get home early. Weekends are 100% committed to just family, like clients know that, hey, I'm not, that's family time. But I do have clients over a lot. Like I've had multiple clients sleep over at my house, but it is work, dad, right? So it's, you know, you got to create financial security for your family, right? 
I'm blessed to do it in just an amazing way. But then I get home and that's my number one job, dad and husband. What time do your kids go to bed? 8, 8.30. What time do you end up going to bed? What time do I go to bed? I go to bed. I'm not interviewing you. <laughs> well, I was like, I, I was like, did you just ask me what time I went to bed? I was like, that's weird. Well, so you're up at six. Like, so I guess what time do you typically go to bed? Like, so how much sleep do you get? So I've actually read plenty of studies from some of like the top physicians in the world that say all you need is six to eight hours. So my whole thing is as long as I get six hours, I'm golden. So I try to just make it to bed by like 11. I'm getting up at that six o'clock time because I know that I've got the right recharge that I need. So, but I mean, there's nights where I'm up doing paperwork late, but on average, that's probably, I don't know what a 40 hour work week looks like though. I've never worked 40 hours in my, I mean, I'm working like a madman. You know, I know when I go to bed now, Dave. Now you can answer here, no, God. What, what, what time no, do you go to bed, Paul? I, I Tell us. 10, 9. We, we really want to know. He looks like a like a, a nine thirty type of guy. That's that's yeah. my guess. No way, brother. <laughs> I I learned way too horrible. I I mean, I would stay. Yeah, no, no. It depends. Depends on the night. Depends if I'm on baby duty or if I'm not on baby duty. So, how old's your youngest again? Which one? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ten months. Ten months. Regina. So man, that's awesome. That's amazing. I want. One more question. Sure. I think we kind of asked this somewhat, but I would just be curious to hear it nice and locked in. What do you think your high school self would think of you right now? Come a long way, buddy. But like he does, like if you if you met your high school self and like didn't know that that was going to be you, just like you're an adult and like what would you think of your? I think in both ways, like what would you think of your high school self if you had to like I don't know, you walked into high school to just talk to a bunch of high schoolers and like high school Adams in the classroom. This guy's too passionate, man. Guy's too passionate? Yeah, this guy this guy's full of it. That's full of crap. And what would you think? Do you think you would stick out of the crowd? Like if you were an adult looking at your high school self, do you think you would know that, that kid's an app. I, I would have looked looked back at my high school self and like, man, that kid's a that kid's a Tasmanian devil. <laughs> Tasmanian Devil. There, that's the that's the episode title. We just got it right there. Tasmanian Devil. The story of Adam Bukowski. <laughs> the Adam Bukowski story. <laughs> that's awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate this. Yeah, this is awesome. great. Oh man, I appreciate it. this. Was fun, man. This is a lot more fun than I, I was expecting.